Gem City Sports Network presents GCSN Reports. Tonight's show is being brought to you by Profiler Performance Products. By McAfee Heating and Air. Any season, any time, McAfee. By Profiler Inc. By Special Wish Foundation of Dayton in Southwest Ohio. By the USO. And by the Gem City Sports Network, your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. And now here's your host, Doug Brown. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of GCSN Reports. My name is Doug Brown. On this edition, we are going to be talking to a, a guy that you've heard many for you've heard many times here on our airwaves. His name is Steve Razor. Steve has has done some uh, color commentary uh, for us in high school basketball, and also did a few games out with the Dayton Amateur Baseball League out at Gastineau Field. And last year, I don't know, it was about this time last year or maybe a month or two before, he found out that he had multiple myeloma. Doctors diagnosed him with that, and it's a form of uh, blood cancer. It could be very dangerous if not taken care of. It could be deadly if not taken care of. But Steve got it taken care of early, and it was detected early, and he is here to uh, talk about it tonight. But in the mean, but before that, you know, if you're if you're in a situation where, uh, like for like for example, myself, back in 2017, I had a heart attack, as most of you know. And I had open heart surgery. That open heart surgery scared the hell out of me. I mean, it really scared the hell out of me. I didn't know if I was going to make it. But I did, as you can tell. And I asked the doctor, I said, hey, this was like two days, a day or two after the uh, surgery. And I said, hey, will I be able to get back into the broadcast booth at Central State on, uh, on Saturday, September the 2nd? The guy said, I don't see why not. I set a goal. That day, I set a goal that I was going to be in that booth on September the 2nd, and I was. And I worked my tail off to get there. Steve did the same thing. I told him that we were going to go down to Kentucky on, uh, I think it was February 18th of last year, but we couldn't do it because he was too weak and I couldn't go anywhere. We having another heart attack. Uh, so, but I told him, I said, okay. They told me they couldn't get us tic- uh, couldn't get us passes for the uh, the Tennessee game anyway. So I told him I told him that, and I said, I'll tell you what, we'll get tickets next year. I called down to Kentucky. They said, uh, ask for a game early in the season, and more than likely you'll be able to be there. And I said, okay. So I did that, and we were able to go to Rupp Arena on this past Monday. The uh, Wildcats opened their season against New Mexico State at Rupp Arena, and Steve and I went down to it. He has never—he has been a Kentucky fan ever since he was born. He was born about 15 miles from there in Winchester, uh, Kentucky, and he was—he's been a UK fan in his entire life. And uh, we talked to him about—we're uh, going to talk to him about that and his experience at Rupp Arena. And uh, and everything else. I mean, it was an exciting night for him and for me because I've never been to a I've never been to a UK game. 
So it was kind of exciting for both of us. And we're going to talk about that and let you know about our experiences right after this. You're listening to GCSN Reports right here on the Gem City Sports Network. Profiler Performance Products is an all-American manufacturer of racing cylinder heads and intake manifolds. From two-time Drag Week winner Jeff Lutz to the winningest bracket champions like Disco Dean Karn, Profiler Performance has become the overwhelming choice of drag racing's best-known name. Profiler Performance offers the absolute best bolt-on performance for cylinder heads and intake, utilizing their own in-house custom casting and CNC machining. For more information, visit ProfilerPerformance.com or find them on Facebook. Profiler Performance, they make power they haven't even used yet. We know that purchasing a new system is a big decision. At McAfee, we feel you should only have to make it once. That's why we offer lifetime, worry-free coverage on new McAfee systems. Never a charge for repairs, never a charge for maintenance, not even a charge for filters. And when the day comes the system needs replaced, you're covered. Any season, any time, McAfee. Contact McAfee Heating and Air at 937-438-1976 or www.mcair.com or 1-800-AIR-REPAIR. Back here on GCSN Reports, we're here with Steve Razor. And Steve, uh, I'm glad you're up and around again, you know Oh, it feels good to be up and around, that's for sure. Okay, uh, tell us, when did you find out that you had uh, multiple myeloma, and how did you get into the, uh, how did you say, okay, i got to go to the doctor to find out what's going on? What happened? Well, what happened was I was taking a shower that morning and got really light I ended up falling in the shower. Karen came in, helped me up. And, you know, was seeing if I was broke any bones or anything. But anyway, she said, I'm going to take you to the emergency room because you look terrible. We went to the emergency room. We called Dr. Allen ahead of time. And he they were waiting for me at the hospital. So as soon as I got there, they took me in and started running all kinds of tests on me. And uh, I was pretty much delusional by this time. My kidneys were shutting down which I didn't know. But anyway, they ran all these tests on me, and about uh, this all happened probably about early morning, probably about 10 or 11. Well, that night, I kind of woke up after being in the uh, bed all day long, and there was about three or four doctors surrounding my bed, and my main doctor told me, said, Steve, we pretty much know what's wrong with you. You've got uh, multimyeloma. And I looked straight at him and said, that's a death sentence, Doc. And he goes, well, not necessarily. And he goes, we do have a cure. I mean, there is no cure for this, but we can put it in remission. And that's pretty much about what they did, and that's when I found out I had cancer. What have you had to go through? Uh, let the people know what you, ha- what you had to go through uh, to get where you are today. Well, after spending four days in the hospital from that time on, uh, I had a doctor's appointment with my main doctor, Dr. Wood. And um, I asked him what the prognosis was. And he said, if you don't take any chemo treatment, he goes, or a bone marrow transplant, I'll give you one year. 
And he goes, if you take a bone marrow transplant, I give you 50-50 on five years. Wow. I said, I said, well, Doc, let's do the bone marrow transplant. So he set it all up with the, the James up in, uh, up at Ohio State. And I was, uh, and I went through the bone marrow transplant, which took, I was in the hospital for, uh, 21 days. And it's not a pleasant thing to go through, but it's a lifesaver for right now. So you would suggest having that done by people that have the, the disease then, right? If they have the disease, I would highly recommend a bone marrow transplant. Now, what was what was the feeling like going through that? Well, from what I remember, uh, Karen told me at one time they had uh, uh, eight drips uh, on me. And when I say drips, um, you know, that's when they're shooting um, uh, liquid through your uh, IV and stuff. And they were putting all kinds of medicine in me. And, uh, and yeah, that's... I was pretty much delusional through the whole thing because I just, I really couldn't wake up, you know. I mean, I was just, I don't know how you would say it. I mean, I was, I knew what was going on, but I didn't really care what was going on, you know. I mean, I was just in a limbo stage. Right. But, um, yeah, they they get you up and down every day and get you walking, and uh, the side effects is what really gets to you, Um I had blisters in my mouth. This is from the chemo and stuff. And they had told me that uh, all these side effects are going to take, I mean, they are going to happen. You know, you can't fight it, but that's the chemo doing its job. So uh, when you, uh, when did you have the barrel, bone marrow transplant in January or February? Or December? I had it in, I had it December 14th. I was in the hospital through Christmas and New Year's. I was up at Ohio State for 21 days, and after 21 days, I was pretty much, uh, I was, I really felt like walking out of there by myself, but I knew I couldn't do it. <laughs> so, uh, you were, you were weak, you weren't, you weren't able to do anything for, for how long? I was house ridden for over a year. Damn. Yeah, because when they give you the bone marrow transplant, it shuts down your immune system. And, uh, you know, I mean, for me to catch a cold probably would have been, uh, uh, devastating, really. So I had to stay in the house. The only time I could leave my house was to go to a doctor's appointment. And I had to wear a mask and I had to be bundled up and stuff because I couldn't, um, uh, get any kind of sickness or pneumonia could have set in. And uh, at one time, Doug, I'm say this: the doctor told Karen, who, who never left my side, neither did my sister, and neither did my daughter. They all took turns on uh, looking after me while I was in the hospital. But uh, at one time, he said I was probably about two days away from death, and and believe me, I failed it too. Wow, that's amazing. It's amazing what uh, what uh, medicine can do these days, right? Oh yeah, it's it, it was totally a, a lifesaver for me, and um, they said at one time that there was twelve patients on that floor. And we all had multiple myeloma or some kind of cancer, and the doctors had told Karen and my sister and my daughter that you know I was the worst patient up there as far as needing um, medicine and needing taken care of really. Oh, um, when you uh 
when you were in the hospital, uh, I know that uh, everybody had to wear a mask. Everybody had to be, uh, you know, when I saw you, you were in and out, basically. Right. Uh, but um, we, uh, you know, I, I kept thinking, you know, hell, I was in the hospital. You know, I was in the hospital and all that kind of stuff with heart heart attacks and stuff like that. And, you know, I I told you that I set, set a goal to be in the broadcast booth at Central State. And uh, with the help of uh, uh, the doctors and so forth and the, the uh, rehab over here at uh, uh, Brookhaven, uh, I made it. And so I thought, okay, Steve, we're gonna, I'm going to try and get us t- uh, media passes to Kentucky, UK, for a UK game. What were your? I kind of wo- I kind of woke up like them, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you woke up a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Calip- uh, Coach Calipari, you know, I sent a message down to him, and uh, he's, they sent something up. What was that? They sent me an autographed picture of Coach Calipari, and uh, the team also wrote me a letter um, pulling for me. And uh, you talk about something to bring tears to your eyes, and it still does. So, but that was awesome. Well, you know, we had a chance to go down to uh, UK on Monday, and when we come back, we're going to talk about that experience. We'll do that right after this. You're listening to GCSN Reports here on the Gem City Sports Network. Profiler Inc., your local source for custom graphics, including banners, decals, and custom apparel for your corporate, school, or personal needs. For more information, check us out on the web at www.profilerinc.com or on our Facebook page, Profiler Inc. No matter the threat or where the front line may be, our armed forces protect and defend us every day. But what does it take to strengthen our service members and keep them focused on the mission? What does it take to keep our military connected to family, home, and country? It takes a force. Be a force behind the forces. Join the USO in helping service members and their families. Give today at csohio.uso.org. GCSN reports. Steve, uh, we just got here to Rupp Arena. What are your thoughts so far? Oh, it's awesome. Oh, this is <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> you think, did, did you think it would be better than this? Or, uh, what, you know, just walking into the arena, you know. Well, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I've seen this arena on TV, but to be here in person is something else. <laughs> and let me tell you, first of all, I want to thank you for making this trip all possible. Well, you know, when you have something, when you have something like multiple myeloma, and it's cancer, that's never going to go away. It may be in remission, but it's never going to go away. Never, they don't have a cure for it, no. But you're in remission. I'm in remission right now. So we get down here, and you know, having the, the heart problems that I have. It, you know, it, this is a this is an honor and a pleasure to bring you know, to be able to bring you down here, as well as myself. You know, absolutely. Because last year at this time, hadn't you had a heart attack? Or, yeah. yeah. And I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, so it kind of hit us both in different ways, but at the same time. 
So uh, you've been a big Kentucky fan from the very start, and uh, you were—you said you was only 19 miles from here to Winchester, where you were born. I was born in Winchester, 19 miles from here. Drove by the arena many times, <laughs> coming down here and helping my uncle clean windows and stuff as a summer job, but never had been in the place. Now you're in it. Uh, you know, 20,000 seats in here, and they say that it's not going to be filled tonight. Well, that's because football season's still going on. But I bet they have a good crowd because Kentucky fans, they follow the Big Blue. And you watch it every time you can, right? Oh, every time. Every time. Soap operas are off. <laughs> uh, okay, soap operas off. Just remember that, okay? <laughs> and I've turned, I've turned Karen into a U.K. fan. And I've got a little granddaughter that's due here in January. I've done bought her U.K. outfits, so she's going to be a Kentucky fan, too. Uh, what what does the parents say about that? Well, well, my boy, oh, okay. which is going to be her dad, oh, he's a big Kentucky fan. <laughs> well, I hope his wife isn't a UT, uh, UT fan. Oh, no. Tennessee, you talking Tennessee? Yeah. No. It, it wouldn't mix up in our house. <laughs> <laughs> now, what... Yeah, if we were able to do a game here, and we were sitting down low, what would you? What would be the first question you ask Calipari at the end of the game? Are you ever going to get uh, half your players to stay here for four years? I hate it that they are one and done. But yeah, a lot of schools with that uh, uh, NCAA portal, the transfer portal, they're here one year, and next year they're gone. Right. I mean, it's it's tough if you're a UK fan because we're used to having these guys here. When I was young, I mean, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I remember what listening to these guys play on the radio and stuff, and they'd be here for four years, and you couldn't wait for the next year because then he would be a junior. Then the next year he's a senior. Well, it isn't like that anymore. That's one thing here at Kentucky that they never had anymore, and that's a senior night. Is that right? That's that's right. There's never been a senior. <laughs> okay, you look around this arena, and uh, you see two guys. I see two guys walking up on the catwalk upstairs. Ain't no way in God's green earth I'd get up there. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing up there. They must be uh, camera people or something getting an overhead shot. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't get up there to save my life. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I'm I'm scared of heights myself. But you're not afraid here. Oh no, I'm not afraid here. If they want me to swing on a rope or crossed here I would <laughs> well I tell you what Steve you know they're playing the first game first game of the year and they're playing uh, New Mexico State your thoughts on this year's Kentucky team well from what I've heard in their scrimmages and their um, uh, exhibition games they looked really good I'm anxious to see this um, Shepherd kid play uh, you know his dad played here and uh, I believe the Shepherd boy was like uh, Mr. Kentucky here last year. And so he comes in here, and I know they think highly of him. So, okay, well, um, when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, the experience here at uh, Rupp Arena. We'll do that right after this. A Special Wish Foundation of Dayton has a new name. It is now a Special Wish Foundation Dayton and Southwest Ohio chapter. 
They now serve 20 counties in southwest Ohio and work with families whose children are being seen at Dayton Children's and Cincinnati Children's Hospitals. The organization has granted over 1,800 wishes to those children battling life-threatening illnesses. To find out how you can help make a special wish come true, log on to their website, aspecialwishdayton.org, or call them at 937-223-WISH. A Special Wish Foundation is a 501c3, and all funds stay within the local community to support local children. Hi, this is Doug Brown from the Gem City Sports Network. Throughout the years, we've provided coverage of a wide range of sports, including high school baseball, football, basketball, and soccer, as well as Central State Marauders football and basketball. You do baseball also. And do you know what the best part is? It's all free. That's right, absolutely free. We sincerely appreciate you tuning in to the Gem City Sports Network, your ultimate source for local sports here in the Miami Valley. Back here on GCSN Reports, Doug Brown with you, along with Steve Razor. And, uh, Steve, uh, we just heard on the air uh, the interview that we did down at uh, Rupp Arena before the game. Uh, what were your thoughts? What, what were your thoughts about Rupp Arena and the game itself? Well, I was in awe. I could not believe the size of this. I'd watched it on TV many times. You know, I hardly ever miss a Kentucky game. <laughs> But to be sitting in that arena was, it's once in a lifetime for me. It was, uh, awesome. Plain awesome. And we had, we had some pretty damn good seats too. Real good seats sitting in the press box. I think we was, they got a lower arena and an upper arena and that press box, Doug, I'm, I'm thinking it was built right between both of them, right? Yeah, it was. It was. We were, yeah. We were between the first and the lower and upper deck and, uh, they had, had some things that, uh, well, when I went to uh, uh, Lucas Oil, they didn't have glass going across. They just had a little bitty uh, uh, lip to keep things right. from going over. They had glass all the way down to keep the drinks and anything else from falling over into uh, into the seating area, which is great. Right, right, yeah. But it was loud, too. <laughs> Yeah, because I had asked you about that glass, and you said, well, this is to keep my computer from falling down there on somebody's head. <laughs> exactly. I said, yeah, that makes sense to me. And uh, you had a pretty good view of uh, John Calipari and uh, and the game itself. Uh, talk about the game, your thoughts on the game itself. I thought on the game, I thought uh, Kentucky Kentucky's defense is something else, but their transition game as far as getting a, a defensive offensive rebound or a defensive rebound, I mean, and, and going the length of the court, I think it took one pass and then a layup. They're very fast, just like New Mexico State's uh, coach said. They got a tremendous uh, full-court game there. Now, uh, you know, after the game, uh, we went. Oh, that's something else. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, after the game, you know, we went down there and uh, we. It was a it was a long walk. You know, at least for me anyway. I don't know about you, but it was a long walk getting to the media room, the press room, uh, where the press conference was going on. But Calipari said something at the end of his at the end of his uh, um, interview. He did something, and he he said you know something about he said something to the media about what did he do. Nobody could well, answer him. 
Right. Well, you know, and he said, he asked him twice. He goes, I did something on at the halftime break. When we came back out, I changed something around. Does anybody know what I did? And nobody, nobody said nothing. The place was silent. Well, he asked the question again. And then after he asked the second time, nobody still answered him. And he just looked at everybody and says, well, I'm not even going to tell you. He goes, you're going to have to look at game film to figure it out. And uh, and everybody started laughing, and uh, that's Coach Calipari. Yeah, he 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 just walked out after that. He had to go to a radio <laughs> interview, right? <laughs> and right. Guys, he said he said, "Think about it, people." Now, okay, you had a chance to think about it. What did you think it, he did? He changed. You know, I really don't know unless it was uh, unless they were um, double teaming everybody that had the ball. I don't know. I mean. To me, it looked like they played the first half just, I mean, the second half just like the first, except they made a lot more points in that second <laughs> half. You mean uh, being more aggressive? Uh, more aggressive, yeah. I mean, any time that the, I did notice any time that a New Mexico State player would get the ball, there would be two Kentucky uh, players on him. And that's all I could figure is he just stepped up the uh, the defense. Okay. Okay, well, you well, know. He must have done something right, Doug. He beat them by 40 points. <laughs> well, you know, uh, didn't I tell you before that they were going to play with him in the first first half and then blow him out in the second? That's exactly what you said. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And I'm, I'm glad you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being, you being a UK fan from, from, the, from birth. Uh, right. So, okay, we, uh, after the, game we got to go uh do something a lot of people a lot of kentucky fans don't get to get get a chance to do and that is to go in the uh media room and listen to the coaches talk about the game do a uh, post-game press conference what what were your thoughts on that well that that was awesome i mean here i'd seen it on tv and you see it on espn quite a bit where they're talking to the coaches but to actually be in that room with all them sports writers and stuff and the coaches of these teams no more than 15 feet away from us, I was pretty much in awe. And the great thing about the whole thing was they had free pop there, popcorn, pretzels, and I was I was loving that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, now that you've been to the game and you've had a uh, couple of days to think about it, just uh, general thoughts on, on everything. It was an awesome trip, and I cannot thank you enough, Doug, for putting this together for me. It's a once in a lifetime. Yeah, well, it was my pleasure, and it, uh, you know, like I said before, for me, it was getting in the booth at Central State. For you, the goal was to get you down to to UK for the uh, for the basketball games, and uh, it worked. We got down there, yeah, and. Now, how much of how much did that build you up, knowing that you were going to be going down to Rupp? Well, it was it was unbelievable because remember we had set this up, or you had set this up for me a year ago, but I was too sick, and you had had your heart problems. I mean, you had a heart attack and all that, so we had to cancel that. Right. And, and then for you to put it all together again this year, when when you called me up and said, "Hey, are you sitting down? We're going down to Kentucky," <laughs> and I said, "It was a dream come true for me." And, then, and you, the whole time you're thinking, oh, I hope nothing happens that, you know, ruins this or cancels this, and it didn't. Everything went off. I mean, it was a, it was a great trip. The only, the only, the only glitch there was was uh, when we were leaving uh, Cracker Barrel and all the electric comes out. Yeah, and we was worried, we was worried that the electric might be out at uh, Rupp Arena, but it wasn't. <laughs> no. But, 
in general, uh, going down to Rupp Arena was, uh, you know, it was a lot of people that go there don't think anything of it. You know, they, well, they're season ticket holders. Well, that and the media is basically what I mean. They don't think about, well, hey, this is Rupp Arena. They don't know about the history about the arena. Uh, they don't realize who has come through, uh, not only for Kentucky, but uh, for the other schools that have come in and stuff like that. So, you know. They they just I don't think they they don't really care about the history they just come in and do their job and go right but, right but uh, for me now my thoughts it was it was it was just, to me it was just another game but it was at Rupp Arena and it was uh, it was a historic place it was uh, pro- the, one of the greatest coaches that ever coached in in basketball. In college basketball, Adolph Rupp was there. He built that. He he. It was the the house that Adolph Rupp. That's right. That's who it's named after. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Kentucky has a long history of uh, uh, coaches coming through there. I mean, you had uh, Rick Pitino, and uh, yeah. Well, you can name off all the all the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I've known them ever ever since I could walk. I've been I've been bleeding blue. That all, that 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 must be something you bleed in blue instead of red. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and you sit there and you mentioned Adolph Rupp. You know, my dad was a basketball player in Sharpsburg, Kentucky. That's where my dad played his high school basketball. They had a guy on their team that was six ten. My dad was six foot. My dad jumped center over that guy that was six <laughs> ten. They had a mark in the gym of where my dad would jump straight up and touch the wall, and they put a mark there. No other kid that they ever know of could get that high. Not even well, a anyway, My dad, my dad played. Uh, well, they didn't have many seven footers back in them days. Well, that's true. Um, my dad was in a high school tournament game and scored thirty five points. Adolph Rupp was there to watch him play. Adolph Rupp told my dad's coach after the game that he's not good enough to set the bench at Kentucky. So he got an offer to Moorhead and well he turned that down and went ahead and got married and moved to date. So that's how we ended up here. Oh, I thought he got recruited by by uh Rupp. I thought he was recruited. I didn't know that they Said he wasn't good enough to. He's not good enough to set the bench, and scored thirty five points that night. I bet you. I bet you. Your dad got all fired up after that one, right? (laughs) He never really did talk about it too much. My uncles did, his brothers, but my dad never did. No, okay. Well, Steve, uh, I'm glad that we were able to go down there. Uh, You got to thank Karen uh, for taking us down there. Talk about her, and well, yeah. Here, here's here's another thing. Talk about what she did for you while you were in the hospital. And you mean by taking care of me? Yeah. Well, she never did leave my side, that's for sure. She she was there 24-7. I think she only went home once, and that was to, uh, she had some errands and stuff she had to run. But other than that, she was up, uh, up at Columbus with me in the hospital every day. I mean, she was there. And then once you got home, she was pretty much your caregiver, right? She she's my caregiver to this day. I mean, she anything that has to do with me and the cancer and stuff, Karen takes care of it. Doctors' appointments, medicine. I mean, you name it, she takes care of me. Okay, now what's what's the prognosis? I mean, what what what's going on now, and uh, what's the future look like for you guys? 
Well, um, my strength and stuff is getting back. I, I, you know, I still have bad days, but, you know, the good days outnumber the bad days uh, tremendously. But, uh, yeah, and uh, I had asked the doctor, you know, how long am I going to be on this chemo and stuff? How long does this go on? And he said, for the rest of your life, Steve. And, I, you know, that was hard to swallow, but at least I'm upright. <laughs> yeah. You're waking up on the top side of the grass, and that's always a good thing. Absolutely. So, uh, well, Steve, I, I want to thank you for uh, coming on and talking about uh, the situation and talking about Rupp Arena and your experience down there as a Kentucky fan. Um, and then just going through uh, everything that you've gone through in the last year and a half or so with the uh, with chemo and uh you know, everything that you've been through with this multiple myeloma. Right. And I appreciate what you've done, Doug. That was, uh, that's tremendous, man. What you've done for me was tremendous. It woke you up. <laughs> it woke me up. It did. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, that's going to do it for us here on the Gem City Sports Network. You're going to hear Steve in the future here on the, on the, uh, here on the, our network because He's going to come down and do some basketball with us. Uh, what games uh, he'll have to figure out. And uh, whenever he's up to it, he's he's always welcome to come and do basketball for us here on GCSN. And so uh, for Steve Razor, this is Doug Brown saying thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on the Gem City Sports Network and GCSN Reports. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to GCSN Reports. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Profiler Performance Products. By McAfee Heating and Air. Any season, any time, McAfee. By Profiler Inc. By Special Wish Foundation of Dayton in Southwest Ohio. By the USO. And by the Gem City Sports Network. Your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. Join us next time for GCSN Reports.